The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, thanks for joining us here on Cork's Red FM for the Big Red Bench. Aid Lee here in the hot seat. And uh, as you said, level at halftime in Porky Cueve, 112 apiece between Cork and Galway. Uh, the other games ongoing, I suppose, in turning to the Premier League. Manchester City away to Goodison. It's nil all after a half away at Goodison to Everton. Nil all after a half an hour so let's get straight into the other Premier League games that were on and uh, more dropped points for Manchester United it finished nil all against Watford Darren Stanage was at Old Trafford Manchester United nil Watford nil and a massive opportunity missed for United in the race for the top four as they drew a blank at Old Trafford Ronaldo hit the post had a goal chucked off for offside Fernandes missed a one on one Ronaldo stayed on his feet when clipped by Foster in the box surely a pen if he went down and that was all in the first half after the break Alanga started a brilliant move Fred and Pogba involved would have been a great goal but once again United failed to make their dominance pay 21 shots just 3 on target as United 3 men forward Watford had some big chances to go and win it but they rushed those Sancho fired over late on a big blow for the hosts a great point for Watford Manchester United nil. Watford nil. Burnley and Crystal Palace played out a one-all draw. Mike Lawrence was there. Crystal Palace won, Burnley won. A point apiece, probably a fair reflection on a game which ebbed and flowed, but that one point will be more valuable to the visitors, that's for sure, in their battle to beat the drop. The goals came early in each half. The returning Geoffrey Schlupp giving Palace the lead after latching on to a fine cross from man of the match, Michael Elise, while the fans were still taking their seats when the visitors levelled immediately after the break with Palace captain Luka Miljevoj unfortunate to put Aaron Lennon's strike into his own net Crystal Palace won, Burnley won Christian Eriksen made a fantastic return to football today the Danish international was a second half substitute in their match with Newcastle for Brentford uh, of course collapsed on the pitch during Euro 2020 last summer um, Newcastle however did go on to win the game 2-0 here's Nigel Bidmead Brentford 0 Newcastle 2 Christian Eriksen's debut for Brentford was overshadowed by yet another defeat their 7th in 8 games Brentford were reduced to 10 men just 11 minutes into the game when Josh De Silva went over the top of the ball and caught Matt Target Newcastle took control and opened the scoring on 33 when Joe Linton headed in Ryan Fraser's left wing cross and they doubled their lead just before the break where Joe Willock swept home following a swift counter-attack Eriksen was introduced to a standing over on 52 but one superb pass aside he made little impression Brentford 0 Newcastle 2 Villa picked up a win away to Brighton Alan Lewis was at the Amex it's finished Brighton 0 Aston Villa 2 a very good win on the road for Steve Gerrard's side Matty Cash giving Villa the lead in the first half with a nice volley from 18 yards out after Philip Coutinho's free kick had gone close Ollie Watkins did make it too latching onto a long ball over the top from Tyrone Mings Danny Welbeck missed a golden opportunity to pull a goal back Mope also went close but Villa were the better side throughout this game their first win in over a month that's three defeats in a row for Brighton without scoring it's finished Brighton nil Aston Villa 2 yeah and earlier Spurs uh, cruised to a 4-0 victory over Leeds Leeds have conceded 14 goals in three games um, so tough times for Marcelo Bielsa's men uh, Matt Doherty was among the goal scorers I suppose for Spurs which is a positive for the Irish international and as I said leaders Man City away 
at Goodison and uh, Everton keeping them scoreless at the moment 33 minutes gone there uh, quickly turning our attention to Athletics Cork star McElhenney uh, took gold in the men's 3000 metres at the National Indoor Championships this morning fantastic we we spoke to Darren McElhenney before Christmas I spoke to him for the big red bench before Christmas uh, fantastic young man and uh, we we must catch up again at some stage. Uh, of course, that was after their successes in the cross country. Now, as we said, Cork City uh, lost last night at home to Galway United. Unfortunately, Edward McCarthy with the goal for the Tribesmen and Cullum spoke to Colin Healy after the game. All right, Colin, disappointed with the results, obviously. I mean, you created all the chances, especially in the second half. I just couldn't get it over the line. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, disappointing. Um, I thought probably in the first half, um, I didn't think uh, we were at it. Um, they picked up an awful lot of second balls in the middle of the park, and we knew the way they were. Galway, they're, they're a direct side. They pick up a lot of second balls. We didn't do that in the first half. Um, we gave away a sloppy goal, probably the only chance they had in the game. Um, we had a few chances as I said from set plays um, not too much an open play but I suppose when they, when they had the players sent off in the second half the game opened up um, and we had a lot of chances but we just we, we couldn't score do you know the difference is last week we, we got to see scores but tonight for, for some reason we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net I had the feeling that luck just wasn't going Cork City's way tonight I mean all the chances were there as you said it just couldn't get into the back of the net no listen we, 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 we hadn't listen Keane Barry I thought was fantastic tonight um, he got into a lot of good chances and you know it just just in the final third it's just a small bit more composure just in front of goal but um, no I thought he was brilliant I thought he was brilliant he gave the young boy Murphy um, a lot of trouble on the right hand side so um, he's, he was he was very very good but um, I still, still we could be better in the final third tonight that uh, and I suppose we didn't take our chances and obviously that's why we lost the game Dylan McGlade a big loss early on as well I mean especially he'd have been very confident after last week getting the hat trick uh, and to lose him so early in the game was a blow no it was it was yeah and listen we don't know how long it's going to be for it looks um, looks like he, he's jarred his knee or something like that so we'll see what it's like um, he'll get scanned and that but it, um, yeah, Dylan was a big big, big loss for us but you know the, the players that came on um, have done well as well Like, but it's um, as I said overall disappointing night you know but listen we had nearly six nearly, was it nearly 5,000 in? Yeah, 5,000 yeah, 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 yeah nearly 5,000 in which which was fantastic and it's just too much a shame that we, we couldn't give him a small bit more to, to go away but listen the, the players they'll keep going listen we've got a good squad um, you know as I said listen we had a lot of chances tonight but it just Unfortunately, we couldn't put the ball back in it. Cracking atmosphere, as you said, pretty much 5,000 people here. Um, brilliant to see it in Turner's Cross and long may it continue. Hopefully, they come back for the, the Cove game and the Waterford game and so on. No, listen, it's, it's great. It's great and it's it's great to see it back in, in Cork and um, a packed Turner's Cross. And, you know, we, we haven't had it for so many years. Um, you know, so it's uh, we're still already on running two games into the season. So keep the fans come back out, support the team, and, you know, we'll go from strength to strength. Um, a couple of big games coming up now. We've Longford, obviously, and then the back to back home games against Cove and Waterford so it's kind of non-stop this year isn't it no it is it is as I said our, our focus now goes to Longford uh, for next Saturday um, and uh, we'll get ready for that so as I say we got big games coming as well but we'll focus on Longford now well, thanks a million alright thank you cheers Rory joins me now he was on commentary last night for LOI TV Cork City nil Galway United won um, a, a frustrating night I, I, I gather from, from Turner's Cross 
Yeah, it certainly was. It was just, you know, Aiden, it was just one of those stereotypical, you know, one of those nights. Um, City could have been there for another hour and they wouldn't have scored. It was just one of those ones. Um, I suppose the story of the game, um, Cork City started okay. Interesting midfield battle uh, between uh, Conor McCormick of Galway United and Aaron Bolger and Barry Coffey of Cork City. That was really interesting. Dave Hurley as well, uh, ex-Cove Ramblers man for Galway United last night. They hit a really good game. It was a really interesting midfield battle. And then um, Galway United go ahead um, just about eight minutes before the break a nice move um, down the left hand side and there's Emma McCarthy there just to, to scoop the ball into the net uh, from six yards out uh, the first goal that David Harrington has conceded in his Cork City League career up to that point he hadn't conceded a goal in five games um, and uh, Galway United were ahead and you're thinking right this is going to be a challenge now for Cork City because they steamrolled Bray last week confidence was high and now they're behind and going to have to chase the game um, nearly got right back into it um, from a set piece Barry Coffey with a header um, that looked like it was destined for the bottom corner and then Conor Cairns the Galway United keeper pulled off one of the best saves I think I've ever seen at Turner's Cross instinct Did, he couldn't have seen the ball for more than a fraction of a second he threw himself at it pawed it away out for a corner it was fantastic he was called upon again um, from Barry Coffey he's actually sorry Rory Keating with the first one and Barry Coffey then with the, 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 the second one he did a header from close range that I was just about to say and there's the equaliser on yeah. commentary and Cairns again pulled off another top class save it was um, it was just one of those ones you know and then um, and then the second half kicks off and Galway United reduced to 10 men Wilson Moweru um, gets his second yellow card of the game both yellow cards were stupid to be honest and the second one in particular diving in on Jonas Hackenden over in the far side when there was absolutely no reason whatsoever to do so he sees his marching orders and think right now is the time for City uh, to go and um, attack this game and yeah. they, they tried however Galway United just defensively were so well organised two banks of four um, you had Conor McCormack just breaking up play in the middle of the park left right and centre um, you had every player working incredibly hard uh, throughout the course of um, um, the, the, the second half because they had to play the, the second half with, uh, like 40 minutes of the second half with 10 men and Cork City had a couple of chances Keane Murphy had a chance from close range they blaze over the bar a couple of saves again from Conor Cairns truthfully I suppose Cork City didn't create enough chances they had a lot of possession um, and they didn't create an awful lot uh, with it didn't create an awful lot of clear cut chances unfortunately but again I think that a lot of credit has to go to Galway for the way they soaked up uh, the pressure from Cork City uh, a, a major talking about last night as well was the injury to Dylan McGlade who went off of what looked like uh, a twisted knee very innocuous thing just went down you could see that he was in trouble straight away hat-trick last week against Bray Wanderers and you're looking for him for a bit of magic and then just the knee twists uh, goes out from under him and then he has to go off he's replaced by James Tuna and uh, Arduna and um who didn't have the same impact obviously yeah. as, uh, as, as Dylan McGlade would have had so that was unfortunate from a serious perspective we wish him well and hopefully he's not going to be um, um, out of action for too long um, some uh, good performances from City off the bench Matt Healy who's on loan from Ipswich Town he looked very very lively when he came on Serbel uh, as well who's on, on loan from the fantastically named Tampa Bay Roadies uh, he looked okay when he came on as well so there's um, definitely competition replaces there in that Cork City team you've got George Heaven coming back to, to full fitness shortly Alec Burns still to come into that team as well um, and we didn't see Coates last night uh, Kieran Coates who's unknown from Stoke City the, the fullback so we didn't see him last night so it'll be interesting to see uh, how this uh, shapes up but look 
I suppose Aiden, it's 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 early days. You're not yeah. going to get too down over just one defeat in their second game. It's disappointing. It's again, the Cork City should have gotten something out of, and you, I, I think everyone would have fancied them for three points beforehand. But it was a typical John Coffey performance in that Galway United team. John Coffey not on the touchline last night because he was serving a suspension, but he was on the ground all right. As was Roy Keane actually there to watch uh, Cork City oh. and Galway United last night, and uh, he was getting pestered for fo- photos <laughs> at the full time whistle. There was a great moment where uh, I was just standing next to Roy, and someone came up and said uh, Roy can I get a photograph there for the young fella and Roy just looked at him stone gave him that death stare and said <laughs> yeah if you say please please the magic word it was funny he demanded how to react and then Roy took the photograph and said, that's what I was doing now say please please it's a magic word I'll get you fair and light please uh, so that was good entertainment afterwards but yeah Denise O'Sullivan in uh, attendance last night as well Ireland International scored the winner uh, earlier on the week in the Pinatar Cup uh, third place playoff against Wales um, so yeah look Look, it's it's disappointing. Cork City should have gotten a result, but they're not going to to cry over. They're going to lift their wounds, move on. And uh, next home game now is against uh, Cove Ramblers on the eleventh. That's going to be very very tasty indeed. Yeah, and you'd be imagining that it's a great chance to almost recreate that four thousand nine hundred eighty four uh, attendance that was there last night. It's just a shame, I suppose, there wasn't a goal for them to celebrate. You'd nearly rather lose two one than one nil in a way. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a huge attendance last night for a first division game. Um, it was incredible to get nearly 5,000 for your season opener in the first division shows the latent support that's out there for Cork City and if Cork City can put a winning run together there's no reason why those uh, attendances can't be yeah. that big for, for the rest of the season I mean like when you consider that the Ireland under 20s run against Italy last night just across the road in Musgrave Park packed out as well at, at uh, Musgrave yeah that was, that was a huge crowd as well yeah and, and a good win for Ireland there as well um, so yeah look it shows that sport is there and it shows I suppose the potential of Cork City so yeah, fantastic to see. Uh, Cove Ramblers had a delayed start. Their season kicked off uh, last night. Um, they lost 3-2 to Wexford, which is a bit disappointing uh, to, to start off the year like that. Yeah, especially when they were ahead as well. I mean, like, obviously going into the game cold isn't going to, to help them. But then again, you could say the same for Galway United last night. That was their yeah. first game of the season and they performed well. Disappointing start for Darren Murphy and his side. And uh, look, he'll no doubt get them fired up uh, and ready as well. It's, it's still early days and he still has to, to figure out his, his best team. And that. it's interesting to see Cove Ramblers move to Friday night games now as well. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, they've played on Saturday evenings at uh, 7 o'clock. Back to, to Friday's now at 7.45. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that increases their crowds, get more people through through the game which I think it will I think Friday night um, it's a better night for, for League of Ireland football on Saturday um, so hopefully that will help the crowds and hopefully we'll get them in it's just a shame that they, they clash with um, with uh, Cork City's home games because I imagine uh, uh, quite a few people who go to Cork City games might want to go down to, to, to watch uh, the Ramblers as well but I suppose they won't always clash on Friday nights but yeah look a disappointing start for, for Ramblers but I've no doubt they'll bounce back I've no doubt Darren Murphy's eyeing up that, uh, that Cork Cove derby in a, a couple of weeks time yeah, definitely. Plenty of chances to make amends. And as you say, that derby is going to be it's going to be a good one at Turner's Cross. Rory, I'm going to let you go away. Thanks, thanks a million for joining us. No problem, Ed. Touch them. Yeah, and there's some news from Cork City uh, just after I had that chat with Rory. Uh, manager Colin Healy will take a short leave of absence from his role next month. The club say Healy has requested a period away due to personal reasons. Healy's management team will take over first team duties from the start of March. Uh, there's been a goal at Porky Cueve and unfortunately it's not for the Rebels uh, Galway 216 Cork 115 4 points in it now uh, Stephen Sherlock just put a point over for Cork actually in reply to that goal uh, but yeah 4 points in it uh, 17 minutes gone in the second 
half. Now, tomorrow is the League Cup final at Wembley. Liverpool play Chelsea, of course, and it could be a huge day for Cork's Queen Kelleher. The Liverpool backup keeper is likely to get his chance on the big stage, having played every other League Cup game so far. And the Anfield Rap podcast crew were on Leeside this week, and they followed Queen's journey. They spoke to Ring Matten Rangers coach Eddie Harrington, uh, who had Kelleher at youth level, as well as a few other club members as well. Um, you can get it on the Anfield Rap app. Uh, I'm going to play a small bit of that chat with Eddie at the start and then you'll hear from the Anfield rap host John Gibbons who I caught up with yesterday I mean I gather he wasn't a goalkeeper the whole time so so what kind of player was he when he when he first arrived and when you first started working with him um, like Quivine was on the Cork team up to under 14 as a striker so like you know he was really really good he was well, th- well thought of like through the through the whole thing Um it just all changed, I suppose. We went and go. It just took off, took off completely. Like you know, we never, obviously, never had him down as a keeper. He he might go and goal for a crack in training and all like, but like you know, we never had him as a keeper like as such. But no, he was a really good striker. Um, Cam again, like you know, just I think it's well known now that like you know he, as I say, he played for Cork, so he was a good striker. But mm. it was just, just by chance, I suppose. He went and goal, and it all changed, you know. John Gibbons of the Anfield Rap joins me. Um, the Anfield Rap have done a, a special feature on Cork and Liverpool goalkeeper Queeveen Kelleher ahead of Sunday's Carabao Cup final. John, thanks a million for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for asking. Um, not at all. Um, I suppose, obviously, you're a Liverpool content creator, but I suppose, what was it that attracted you to Queeveen's story that prompted you to, to come all the way to Cork to follow it up? Yeah, it was it was a funny one with really because obviously we were looking ahead to the final and who was likely to play and who was likely to start and and almost the one maybe the only one who we could guarantee was was Kelleher because because Ian Klopp had come out and said he was his League Cup goalkeeper and he was going to stick with him which which was fantastic obviously for him but also you know it was an interesting one for us because you we still weren't sure sort of how strong the, the manager's going to go sort of in, in, in this in this final but we know Kelleher's going to play so the, so the one player who we knew the manager was definitely going to pick but he was the one we knew the least about really because he's he's obviously played you know a dozen or so times for Liverpool now but he's, he's he's quite a quiet lad he's not done loads of interviews and things like that so so we thought we would try and find out a little bit more about him and approached a few people but the, the, the club um, in, in Cork ring behind who was so helpful and we just thought well it, we'll, we'll go over and, and speak to as many different people as we can and, and, and so so that's why we did it really to find out more about the guy we, we know who's going to play on Sunday and, and then also you know get a bit more background on on the player but, but obviously the person as well must have been a, an enjoyable trip I suppose it's interesting like Wembley on Sunday and then you know you go to a place like ring Matten Park uh, it's some contrast but I suppose it's just a sign of that journey like yeah, I mean the, the facilities there are pretty good. To be fair, and, and it's a big old space, but you know it's 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 a million miles away, obviously from from Liverpool's training ground. Now I was lucky enough to to, to go down there yesterday to to interview Diogo Jota. But you're looking out at the at the at the grass, and it's like it's it's like the, the best carpet you've ever seen in your life. You know, and it's it's absolutely beautiful, and, and so the the. the the, the, the facilities now that the top Premier League clubs have are, are just absolutely unreal. But for humble beginnings, you know, stars are, are born and created, and they're rightly uh, very proud of, of what they've done. And it's a, it's a unique one as well because it's very rare, especially over here, that young lads will spend so long with a club. So over here, I don't know if people realise, but 
Liverpool have started signing players from nine years old. And, and if you, um, before, and even before that, they'll be going down, you know, on trading such as seven or eight years, but, but from nine, they can sign them. But as soon as you sign for a, for a club, you're not allowed to play for anyone else. You, you can't even play for your school. Um, so all your football's at Liverpool. So, so, Sort of almost inadvertently, what we found was actually a really unique story with of Kavian who who played this club till he was 16 and so they knew him sort of really well and so I remember we did something similar with Andy Robertson and we went up to uh, Giffnock which is a club up in, in Scotland and, and where he sort of started but again he was there when he was seven or eight and then, and then signed for Celtic and, and kind of stopped really so what we found really was actually you know the, these the people you know, the coaches and the teammates we were speaking to and, and spend huge amounts of time you know with him you know huge amounts of time learning about him and then, and then it's sort of still close now so for the, for the Premier League youngster, he's, he's got a fairly unique story, really, and a unique uh, footballing education. I suppose, like, the goalkeeper position is different to every other position you, you can be a youngster in because only one of them can play on the day. Um, like, it's so much more difficult for somebody to, to, to stay the course as a keeper and to land in a, a Premier League side. And, of course, he's still only the backup, but, like, he is literally in less than the one percent, I suppose. Yeah, and that's what comes across in, in the piece we did as well. More so when we were speaking. So we spoke to a couple of people from Liverpool. So we spoke to Neil Critchley, who was his coach in under 18s and is now Blackpool manager, and he's doing really well at the Championship with Blackpool. And he he pointed out that you know he's, he's really booking the trend, you know, Kavir, you know, and he's really you know fighting against the odds in terms of what he's managed to achieve. Because even if you go back to the 60s and 70s in Liverpool, you know, before there was you know waves of, of, of foreign players and, and, and you know clubs were scouring the whole world for players, you know, even even sort of going back to then. You know, the, 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 there still wasn't any scouts keepers. There still wasn't any keepers coming through the, the academy to play. You know, we get guys like you know, there was Ray Clements, and then and then after that, you know, Bruce Bruce Guabalo, and and so it's he, what he's done. He should be so proud of you know already. You know, and he's about to walk out. You know, playing at, at a final on Sunday, but it's so difficult because I think it's a position that really values experience and really values a calm head and and you know one mistake and you can cost your team, can't you? But but because he is so cool and because he's got this this always this old head on on young shoulders, you know, no one worries about him. You you throw him in there and you know he he plays like a veteran, does he? And and so I think that's a key reason why he's been able to 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 book the trend to be a young keeper who a, a top club is willing to trust. I suppose that's it like that's the biggest show of confidence I suppose the supporters can give him they don't fear him starting instead of Ellison like and that's I suppose that's all that's all you want in a backup goalie and you must take a lot of confidence from that 100% yeah I mean there's, there is a little bit of a debate don't get me wrong online from supporters saying oh you know maybe you should pick Ellison he's the number one to what the people saying, uh, you know, Kelleher deserves the shirt and, and he's and he's done all the rounds and, and he should be playing. And, and so there's both arguments are, are there amongst the supporters base, but I haven't seen anyone who's saying that, you know, oh, we're, we're going to lose if he plays or I'm really worried he's going to make a howl or whatever because there's, there is so much confidence in him because he, he he emits that confidence himself. And so when you are someone who's so unflappable and um, the, the guys, the coaches uh, from Ringman uh, described him as cool as a breeze, which I really liked as a as a phrase, and that's how he feels really. And, and, and you know, he's got that sort of air about him really that, that he's not too worried. And when someone's like that, they, they, they put the confidence in you. You're like, oh, he'll be fine. You know what I mean? And look how look how sort of relaxed he is. And listen, I'm sure he'd be a little bit nervous on the day because he wouldn't be. It's a, it's a huge 
um, game and, and a big moment forward. But you, you also feel confident that he'd be able to manage that and, and excel. I suppose a, a big factor as well is is going to the northwest of England, where there's obviously a massive Irish community. Anyway, going to to a city like Liverpool is probably a bit easier for him than if he was to have gone to a club in London. Yeah, and we know that all the best pubs in uh, Liverpool are Irish ones. <laughs> Not that I don't think he's uh, he's in too many pubs on a Friday night, but but yeah, there's a there's a you know we're, we're proud of you know our Irish roots here. Uh, my my surname is obviously an Irish one, and, and so most people, if you track back far enough, um, started uh, the other side of the of the Irish Sea, and then it's a city that still looks out in, in every way to Ireland. Uh, I think when he first came over as well, he was he was living with Conor Masterson, uh, who's obviously you know an Irish player as as well, youth international, and so those two were with it digs together with it with a local family and so I think that helped him a little bit as well I think kind of helped him in terms of sort of coming out of, it, of his shell and, and and so yeah we're we are a city that, that looks more west than we do south uh, let's put it that way and then in this country and so yeah and I think he would have I think he would have felt uh, reasonably well at home here I suppose Sunday as, as you said it's going to be a great experience um, but I suppose looking past that then do you think he does need to maybe go out on loan for, for a season to get that sort of week in week out experience um, obviously like you, you can't predict I suppose how long Alisson's going to be a Liverpool number one it could be three years it could be ten years like you know um, and I suppose Cuivin probably at this age maybe does need that, that kind of relentless uh, schedule yeah, it's it's going to be a, a a tough decision for him in the future. Uh, what what he does and and what he sort of prioritises really because. At Liverpool, he, there's a lot of confidence in him, um, and he's playing these League Cup games. You know, he's likely to play the FA Cup games as, uh, as well, right through. You know, we'll, we'll go far as the competition. And Alisson's also sort of quite good at picking up the odd injury. He gets he's not injured loads, but for a goalkeeper, he does he does sort of pick them up. So there's always a few league games as well. So you know, do well in the in the cups, and, and then you you you. you you're close to looking to, to 15, 20 games a season for the, for the top club by Liverpool. And then always in the back of your mind, I suppose, is that, well, well one slip in training or, or one problem and, and I could be playing in a Champions League semi-final or even final and that could happen. So, so I think that will always sort of be in his head. But... He'll also be conscious that, that Alisson isn't particularly old, certainly from goalkeeping standards. I think he's sort of, you know, late 20s, he's... He's, he's, he's got a lot of good years ahead of him and so I think there will become a point where we have a bit of a decision to make on well actually you know do I want to take even if a little step down uh, I don't think you'd have to take a massive one to be honest with you but you know play for another Premier League team where I'm going to be the, the number one guy or I'm happy to stay at Liverpool play cup competitions with you know the, obviously the idea that one day I might succeed Alisson but also that something might happen in the meantime and I end up playing in a, in a huge game that, that the team I'd be going for wouldn't would necessarily be qualifying for so it's a hard one uh, it's a nice decision to have obviously because we're talking about sorts of fantastic options that we'd all kill for Um but he's I think I don't think he's any rush though you know I mean you're talking further down the line here and I appreciate that but you know I think at the moment he's he's probably achieving more than he thought he would when he first got that ferry over uh, to Liverpool as a, as a 16 year old you know with, with the hope of the dream and I think you know at the moment you know it couldn't be going much better for him and I think he's he's quite happy where he is I suppose looking at the game itself Chelsea are they've been a bit of a strange one this season um, and in the last month as well or so and obviously the Lukaku stuff that's gone on even in the last week with the whole 
touches stat and everything there and they they actually played quite well then in the Champions League during the week without him but like I imagine Liverpool like putting six pass leads during the week as well nice warm up for, for a cup final but they'll they'll be really confident that they can outpower Tuchel's side Yeah we're, we're, we're going nicely at the moment Liverpool we're, we're winning games we're winning games well like you said on Wednesday the forwards are confident um, the back line looks, looks pretty good and sharp and whoever he picks there at centre half you'd better do well so we could be going into it much better really but Obviously, Chelsea are a good team. They're world champions now. And, and we've had two tough games against them this season. There was a nil-nil, right, sorry, one all right at the start of the season uh, where they had a man sent off and we couldn't break them down. And then a bit of a crazy two-all at Stamford Bridge where where we attacked well, but um, looked looked very open and, and they got in well. So, Tisha's a good manager and I think he'll have a good plan against to play against Liverpool and to be able to hurt us. So, it's about us getting on top and sort of dominating the game. But, but like I say, with two draws, you wouldn't bet against another one and without extra time at a penalty shootout, which is, I guess, another chance for Keller to shine. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, the neutral fan in Ireland will probably certainly be hoping that it might go to penalties. <laughs> There's a good said, chance, I'd say. Yeah, good chance. And as you said, Kelleher, is, he, he is, seems to be one of his things that he's he's turning into a bit of a penalty specialist. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes, he's a. Um he was a star in that in that quarter final against Leicester and, and saved some good pens against some good players. It's funny again in the in the, in the podcast that we did and the, and the special on him that he did when we spoke to Neil Critchley. He said that his his first of the 16s game he saved the penalty, and so that was a sort of a statement of what was to come. Um, if, if you're like uh, your very first game over, uh, yeah, it saved a, a pen in, a, in in that game. So yeah, he seems to like them. I think it goes back to what we say before about his calm about you know the, the fact that you know he, he'll stand there and just assess what he needs to do remember what the coaches have told him about each taker and, and, and the fact that he just backs himself to do it and it's all about a calm head in a shoot house isn't it and it seems to me that there's there's not many calmer than him nothing about well, it's certainly going to be a, an interesting day Sunday. The whole of ev- everyone connected to Ringmatten Rangers and Quivine will be watching. Um, the pieces on the Anfield rap about Quivine Kelleher, I'd encourage you to go over uh, and give a, lo- a listen to that. Uh, John, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Tom, my pleasure. Yeah, John Gibbons there uh, of the Anfield Wrap. Uh, really good piece as well. Uh, you should give that a check. Um, are they playing football or hurling in Parky Quive? It's uh, Cork 116. Uh, Galway 3-21 unfortunately Cork not on the right side of the high scoring but uh, yeah nearly all over there we might get some reaction to that hopefully towards the end of the show we have to go to a break now coming up we have rugby and GA don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench yeah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Loads of GA coming up before 7. Uh, just trying to get the score there. 3.22 to 1.16 now. Uh, 34 minutes gone in the second half in Parky Cueve, Cork, uh, trailing Galway, unfortunately. Um, now to rugby. Uh, England currently in action against Wales. It's 23-12 to the home side at Twickenham. Uh, England, I suppose, trying to keep the pressure just like Ireland will be tomorrow on France. France remain on course for the Grand Slam. They secured a bonus point win. 36-17 over Scotland in Murrayfield earlier uh, their third straight win and uh, tomorrow Ireland of course at home in the Aviva Stadium they face Italy and Andy Farrell spoke during the week ahead of the clash 
Paddy Hyde, it's good to see you. Um, okay, Andy, okay. Can I ask you just in terms of the overall development of the players and indeed the squad, how important is it that Joey Carpenter gets a second chance to play 10? And can you talk about the inclusion of Michael Lowry, full back as well, please? Um, well, uh, uh, back-to-back test matches is 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 a great experience for anybody, really, especially somebody in a in a pivotal position like uh, fly half. Um, Joey handled the occasion very well last week. There's there's a lot that he's learned from from the game, and he's he's ready to uh, put that into action this week. Um, regarding Michael Lowry, uh, we're all excited to to see him get his chance. He deserves it. Um, He's come into camp. Uh, he came into camp first and foremost in the summer um, uh, as, a, as a stand-in uh, originally, and um, he performed very well in training under pressure then. And and since uh, you can see that that experience has whetted his appetite. You've seen it in his performances for Ulster, but more importantly, we've seen it um, under pressure here in camp, which sometimes is is by far and away the the. The, the most extreme pressure that the lads can be put under and um, the, the likes of Mikey deserve the chance because they've shown they've shown everyone in the group that they're ready. Is Leah on a bit of a losing run at the moment but how important is it that you have the same tempo in terms of what you're trying to do and and, and, and knock them over on Sunday at Viva Stadium? Well, I, I can see that Italy are, are trying to play a, a little bit of a different game, and you know, with with their selection as well, bringing two ball players uh, into ten, twelve, and the way that we've seen them uh, start the competition in, in in poor conditions in Paris first and foremost, and then obviously in different conditions in Rome against England, they they love throwing the ball around. So I suppose that they're excited about where they're going as well, and we've seen that, analysed that, but at the same time, it's it's about making sure that. Um, we get our ducks in a row, and uh, we make sure that we we um, we get off to uh, the, the the type of start that we want to get off to, and and play the type of tempo like you said that we want to play, and and be accurate in in, in a, and disciplined with our, in our own game. Given that it's the middle weekend of the championship, how how much an advantage or is it an advantage the fact that you play last that you play on Sunday, your other opponents play on Saturday? Uh, to be honest, Corky, I, I've not given it a thought. Um, I, I know it's, I, I, I know it's, um, yeah, it probably deserves get, uh, it being thought about because of different permutations, etc. But all we can worry about is ourselves. It really doesn't matter what happens the day before. We've still got to go out there and perform on Sunday. Cheers, mate. Thanks for the good ones. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, Andy. Asking here from Ball. How are you? Very well, thanks. Um, Dan Sheehan, he's set to make his first start for Ireland. You're using this game, I suppose, to give other lads an opportunity and to really build the team in strength as a whole? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. This is a this is a, a full blown test match, and we expect ourselves to be at our best, and that's the responsibility of the group that's selected. Uh, again, as I said, the, the the lads who have been selected have earned the right to be selected. Um, you you look at James Laws has come back in, and he was up to speed straight away. He fitted in, um, and he started to add to 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 how we want to play the game. That was evident straight away in his first session. Mark Hansen has done that. Craig Casey. Has done, uh, has done that Ryan Bird has done that Michael Lowry has done that so that's the type of pressure we tend to put them under and we think that these guys deserve a chance so when they deserve a chance by by um, showing the rest of the group that they're ready we expect a performance as well 
I'm sure picking a team that's never easy or straightforward. Was this one particularly hard? Uh, they're all hard. It's, uh, it's, um, you're always disappointing someone, you know. And but at the end of the day, you explain it um, in in the right manner. Um, I have to do what's right for for the squad. And just the last one for me. You mentioned James Lowe there. He obviously slotted in straight away coming back from injury, and you just wanted to put him in there, um, off straight off the bat. Well, he, he adds a, a different dimension to to, to how we play, um, and again. Um, if, he, if he came uh, back into camp on Monday and wasn't up to speed and, and couldn't add to how we um, want to get better in training, etc., then he wouldn't be selected. But he's, he's, um, he's certainly hit the ground running at the beginning of the week. So, and, that's, and that's carried on for the rest of the week and hopefully that transfers in, into, into a good performance. Great, Andy. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. Andy, how are things? This is Bernard here at Virgin Media. Hi, Bernard. Good, Andy. I know you, you touched on there how great it is for Joey and how important it is individually for Joey to play this weekend. But from your point of view, as the one that's making the decision, why for you and why for Irish rugby is it Joey this weekend and not Johnny? Um. Obviously, Joey, um, uh, he stepped in very late last week um, in the regard that Joey, that um, Johnny got injured. On the last full training uh, day of the week, and he uh, obviously didn't get the full week to prepare to, to, to run the side. He gets that opportunity this week on the back of, um, uh, as I said, a good performance. Um, uh, but after analysing the performance, uh, Joey would admit to you himself that he would love the opportunity to put a few things right and and, and add to that performance and add to his experience at this level. So. Um, it just makes sense, and uh, the, the the person that agrees with that is Johnny. I mean, um, he's he's the captain of the side, you know. He wants what's right for the team as well. And just on Michael, is he kind of always in your thoughts to see a bit of game time, the six stations, or is he starting this weekend on the basis of how he's impressed you since he's been at the camp? Um, well, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, everyone's in your thoughts when you when you pick them in the squad in the first in the first place. But um, uh, I never I, I never really have a, a plan because I just watch and, and see and and see how the the squad's adapting and 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 how the injury status is, etc. And he's shown he's shown not just the coaching staff but the rest of his peers that he's ready to play. Thank you. Cheers. Um, he's, he's comfortable in his own skin he, he, he's able to be himself under extreme pressure and it's tough for someone like I've always said to come into camp especially when you've not got a cap or you, you're new to the group uh, to, to understand how we play to pick up the new calls to learn how um, all the intricacies uh, within within the group within a back line within the back three etc um, and He's unbelievably thorough in his preparation, and therefore he's he's comfortable in his in his own skin and able to put, uh, play and perform at a high level of, of, of competition at training, as we as we've seen time and time again for Ulster. So we, we believe he's ready. Thank you. Thanks. Hi Andy, could you just uh, tell me, James was uh, injured, a doctor injury. Was there anybody else who would miss out on the match day squad that had an injury, or was it all selection? Um. 
Bundy Bundy's had a, a, a few niggles that he, he needs to, to rest to, to, to get fit for the rest of the campaign Andrew Conway is very similar he's had a, a few aches and pains that he, he needs a bit of rest time and the rest time will, will do them too good um, for the remaining um, uh, fixes of, of, of the campaign James obviously uh, Ian Henderson as we know about with with COVID, um, obviously Ronan, we know about with his with with his shoulder, etc., and Keith Earls. But other than that, um, uh, we've 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 got a fit enough squad and, and an exciting team to, to to go against Italy this weekend. Just on the switch topic for a moment, just maybe you can give me your memories of playing a Tuinga Mala. Oh wow! Sad news during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you got me there because he's a he's a tremendous fella. I mean, I was I was very lucky to to um, to, to be able to spend some time with him. Um, you know, when you meet some people and they just touch you straight away from from the off. Uh, his smile, his generosity, his his just being as a person was was outstanding. You know, um, he touched everyone and. Um, uh, he was he was very giving um, of his knowledge, uh, so you know talking about him as a person here, you know, and how he was as a as a family man, devoted um, uh, husband and father, and um, whilst he was over at Wigan, the amount of people that used to come over and see him, uh, not just family but friends, just shows what he means to people, you know, and. Uh, when he left Wigan, we was all gutted because he, he added so much to the group. Um, so that's him as a person, and I suppose that's what we'll miss first and foremost. Because I suppose, but I suppose from a from a, a rugby fans' point of view, he was he was awesome. I mean, I was in awe of him. I was I was young when I when I was playing with him. I was I was in awe of his skill. Um, he came over to, to rugby league and that it was daunting for him because Inga, Inga um, obviously playing rugby union on, on the wing, he, he wouldn't have been used to being thrown into the professional game, you know, and uh, I remember him being thrown into um, a, a game playing centre against the legend of Malman Inga and wow, what a tussle like, you know. Um, he adapted unbelievably well because of his skill set and he was he had unbelievable feet for, for such a big, dynamic, powerful uh, beast of a man like, you know, so I can't say enough about him. I, I, I was on the training field yesterday and um, it came up on me watch. I couldn't believe it. I actually couldn't believe it. I had to have a minute to myself, you know. Um, so prayers and thoughts are, are obviously with um, with his nearest and dearest. Uh, very sad news for everyone. Thanks, Andy Beston. Thanks. Okay, guys, we're just going to finish up this section with uh, Sarah and Moreno. Okay. Hi there, Andy. Uh, this is a tough question after you just answered that last one. And I was just wondering if I could get your thoughts uh, on your Georgian referee, how you've gone about approaching, finding out about him and uh, what you can tell us about him. Uh, we we think he's a great referee. Um, we've we've had him before. Um, he's refereed uh, uh, us before, and um, he referees the game as it should be done. Um, he referees what he sees is illegal, and he doesn't get bored with with refereeing that. And that's the game of rugby, and that's how it should be refereed. So um, we're, we're pleased to have him. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, Moreno, we'll finish up with you. 
Good morning from the airport here in Milan, leading to Dublin. <laughs> Just one question. Historically, the match uh, in Dublin for Ireland has been one of the toughest one. Uh, and looking at the way you started the match against Wales with high tempo and so on, do you think you're going to start in that way in order to finish the Italian problem as soon as possible? Oh look, um, that's that's everyone's intention. But whether that happens or not is a different story. Um, Italy, I have something to say about that, and I've absolutely no doubt that Italy want to start fast as well. You know, um, uh, being fast and accurate and physical uh, and disciplined is a, is a tough combination to 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 get right at the start of a, an emotional uh, occasion, and uh, we need to make sure that we keep getting better at that. Andy Farrell there speaking at his press conference during the week. England have just about seen out their game against Wales. A late Wales try wasn't enough. 23-19 it finished there. It's all over Porky Cueve as well and it finished 3-22 to 2-17 to Galway and Cork now very much in a relegation battle. It must be said one point from four. Awfully drew with Meath as well today. Uh, so both of them picking up points. That means Meath now have two points as well. So they go ahead of Cork and Awfully have the same amount of points as them now as well so it is very much now a time for, for Keith Riggins men to dig in and make sure that they can stay in Division 2 um, now moving on to, to Hurling Cork face Limerick at the Gaelic grounds a big game in the National League of course uh, contrasting to the footballers they're, they're flying very high in the National Hurling League and uh, I spoke to Shawnee McGrath head of that big clash Shawnee McGrath joins me ahead of the big game in the Gaelic grounds tomorrow uh, Shawnee thanks for coming on Hi Aidan no problem mate uh, I suppose a rematch of the All Ireland final from last year, and a real chance for for Kieran Kingston to to see where this Cork side are at, and it's a good barometer, I suppose. It is. It's probably their biggest test to date, I suppose. The first two games, they were fantastic victories, but I suppose the type of contest tomorrow and the quality of opposition is going to go up a notch. Um, Limerick themselves probably haven't started the league in blistering fashion yet. But um, you get a sense that as the season goes on, you know they'll get better and better, and they'll be they'll have the likes of Lynch back into their squad tomorrow, which will make us stronger again. But definitely, it'll be a big, big test for Cork. Um, the first two games, they got a load of goals. That running game that they've sort of um, I don't know, you know, brought to the table, yeah. and you know they're they're looking at it as a way maybe of opening defences. It'll be interesting to see how they do against that Teague tough Limerick defence tomorrow. So it'll be a right test, and um, hopefully they'll come through it. Yeah, as you said, I suppose it's not been a, a great start for Limerick by their standards, but at home, I suppose again now with Cork tomorrow, they'll want to they'll want to put down a bit of a marker and and write their form, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. Like, like obviously, championships actually only around the corner, so there's three league games left. So they themselves will want to get their um, their form back, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there's been a, a good bit of negativity, I suppose. Um, about Limerick say from the point of view of you know some big high profile players maybe that are involved in incidents we call them so I think John Kiley will want to get back to brass tacks which is you know hurling and doing what they do best which is winning games um, and obviously you don't want that sort of uh, defeatist kind of attitude creeping into the camp um, they were disappointed the first year against Wexford and the last day against Galway as well even though um, Young O'Neill did very very well I think John Kiley would have been very disappointed to lose at home against um, Galway and in particular to concede a high score he conceded 27 points so for him as well I think John Coyley and for his team his charges he'll be looking to get back to winning ways and you know finish the league strong and then get themselves right for, for a championship which is only a couple of weeks away. Yeah I suppose it's, it's interesting looking at Cork and obviously 
it's it's always easy to you know when you're when you're coming up against an awfully to to change your team around. But like Patrick Horgan hasn't featured heavily in the league, and I suppose it's a good sign that they're trying that, and it's good to see those forwards kind of forge their own path without him in the in the team. Like if he is going to, if he ever does miss out, and obviously he's not going to be there forever, it's good that those those players have the experience in their own. Always, of course, um, I think like a lot of those players that have come in have done really, really well and say from underage, like the party power and Shane Barris, um, they have great quality and I think in time they'll be fantastic senior players for Cork. Um, obviously, Kieran is looking for something different with the likes of Mark Keane brought into the squad this year. His height, his aerial ability is something that will be inter- it will be very interesting to see if he gets game time, how that, how that does and if Cork can adapt to it and if the puck outs work with the likes of him in the half or full forward line, say so. Yeah, I think Kieran is giving fellas plenty of opportunity and um, fellas so far have, have stepped up I mean Shane Kingston has been an absolute revelation he's probably been the player of the league so far um, he's got some huge scores Conor Lehan has got some good scores worked very hard against Clare did well the last day Shemi Harry is still there Alan Cadigan and these guys um, and as I said earlier that running game you know is allowing fellas like Dara Fitzgibbon to flourish he got a great goal the last day um, they're, they're getting a licence to Roma come up the field um, evidence by you know Tim O'Mahony's goal as well against Clare where he came from the half-back line yeah. and got a brilliant goal so from Kieran's perspective I think he's given fellas plenty of opportunity and given uh, fellas a chance to maybe stake a claim for, for championship I suppose then all of that aside though at the end of the day at the end of the day tomorrow Kieran Kingston will just want to get those two points yeah I think so I think he'll really be looking out to finish strong he's got uh, Limerick away followed by Galbait home um, and then they're away in the, in the last game as well is that, is that Wexford away so he'll be looking to get three wins I think like reading that Daily tomorrow in the, in the examiner I think he's right I think Cork need to go and target this league um, I wouldn't be worried about the fact that maybe a league final is only two weeks prior to championship yeah. um, I think Cork need to get that willing mentality really really into the camp it just breeds so many positive things and it starts really with the first real asset test of their league campaign with complete respect to, to Clare and Offaly it starts um, tomorrow in the Gaelic Crowns I think it's important to go up there and to get a victory and put in a good performance Exactly, it'll be a, a great test and a great rounder to see just where Cork are. Sean, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem, Aidan. Yeah, Sean McGrath there speaking ahead of tomorrow's game at the Gaelic Grounds. Uh, quickly, just to look at the Premier League, Manchester City nil, Everton nil at Goodison, and we have a report here. It's Everton nil, Manchester City nil. It's very raucous at the moment, Goodison Park, because the Everton fans feel like the referee, Paul Tierney, isn't giving too much their way. City have started this second half really well, and Phil Foden's angle drive forced a really good save out of Jordan Pickford. Everton is still trying to press City in high areas, but at the moment, City just showing signs that are growing into this game and warming to their task. It's Everton nil, Manchester City nil. Yeah, going back to GA then, it was the Congress today and... Uh, the green proposal went through which creates our two-tier All-Ireland Football Championship system now where our provincial winners are tiered and you've the provincial finalists, eight provincial finalists go into uh, as seeds, one half of the seeds I suppose and then the other eight teams are based on the league form uh, which is why I suppose Cork, uh, Cork's finish in the league is so important as well just to make sure that they're not in the Telchin Cup because the other 16 teams will be in that second tier in the Telchin Cup which is very interesting um, it is surely going to be a good thing for, for I suppose the, the weaker counties uh, as as they call them and uh, 
the, the motion also to formally integrate the LGFA and Camogie associations into the GA uh, passed 89.8% of the vote uh, approved that and uh, Camogie released the Camogie Association released a statement yesterday saying that they will present that to their own uh, Congress which is later on this year so interesting times for the GA and uh, for, for women's sport in Ireland as well so um, surely only to be a good thing and I'm sure we'll discuss that again um, in the coming weeks uh, Cork play Galway of course next Saturday and we'll be doing the Big Red Bench live from Porky Cueve myself and Rory will be down there uh, and that's because we are sponsoring once again the uh, the hurling leagues the Red FM hurling leagues uh, once again this year so uh, yeah we'll be down at Porky Cueve next Saturday for that uh, moving on to Camogie now they were at Porky Cueve today and they had a massive win over Limerick 5 17 to 6 points in the National League Division 1 and uh, John McCarthy spoke to what could only have been a very happy manager Matthew Toomey Alright Matthew um, first of all congratulations that's a, a very good uh, workmanlike performance a big win for you what did you take out of it? Um, we were very, very very happy with the first half um, you know like, I think we went in with 4-8 or 5-8 at half time it, like, it, was, it was very impressive um, we, 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 I said in the second half we weren't so good but like we were after using I think we used 6-7 subs and we were after getting a lot of them debuts which is important as well just keep everyone you know taking away at the, at the, at the training ground to the team would it, would you, could you have done with a tougher challenge heading into the Kilkenny game? Um, yeah, I suppose possibly Limerick were down. I think six players, like so, they were a bit weaker today. But yeah, yeah, I suppose we could have. But like, just we, we can only do what was in front of us. And I was very happy with the first half. But like, we did really kind of reiterate at halftime that we wanted to push on. Like other teams would do that to us. But uh, that, that was only just slight disappointing thing. But with, like you have to overall, you have to be happy with it. Indeed, and very happy with your forwards. The movement of that full forward line, especially and clean the Healy as well. You must be really happy how they're going. Yeah, clean. It was outstanding today. I'm really happy for. Um, I think we got five goals, and we probably left two or three afterwards. Uh, on the first half, which is very pleasing. Like so, on our day we can do that. But you know, we just have to make sure we can do it consistently. You know, is the main thing. And you're building momentum all the time as well, which is in part for you coming in the door with new management team as well. Like I mean, it looks like the players are hopping off the ground. They look very fit. Um, no injuries after the game. Uh, we've won a two knocks, but I don't think there's that majorness. Like, but um, yeah, the, the, the interest is there. Like, the, the, there's a fair buzz. You know, how long that lasts? It's up to us, really, as management. So. Like we're, we'd be really driving that home you know the, the competition for places is huge which is which is vital like. How happy you are with your midfield duo as well today covered a lot of ground and got, got through some, a lot of hard work Yeah yeah Katie's a ferocious tackler like you know for the size world but she's, she's everywhere on the field she's very, a very unselfish player as well and Ashley of course going forward like she should have got a goal probably in the first half when she put, took the point like, but you know she's, she's coming to her own as well and, you know it's, it's, it's like Ashley of old as well which is great to see her like. What happens though between now and the Kilkenny match and how much are you looking forward to that? I, sure, like I suppose it's, it's, it's lining up now. It's like a semi-final. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward, especially when it's down Cork, like where it's, where it's here at Packer Ring. We're not sure, but um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll train away not normally. We'll, we'll play a challenge match during the week as well. I think we're having a look at that just to make sure that we've everyone tipping away at the game. So, yeah, look, we'll, we'll just drive on. And, and just finally, on a day of Congress, I know you're not thinking about it or haven't been involved yeah. with it, but from Camogie's point of view and Cork Camogie's point of view, would you be in favour of an amalgamation with the three? and how would that benefit Cork Morgan? Uh, usually, 
yeah, usually. Like we're, we're very happy with our county board, about everything they're doing. Like, but if they got a bit of help, we say in the bigger scale of things, like we're we're doing band here training, which we're very very happy with. It's, it's a great buzz down there. But we're we're travelling all the time to training. Like, and when you've accomplished like this, but you know, yeah, we'll be very very happy with it in the whole scale of things. Like, yeah. Would you be happy if it was amalgamation in terms of pitch availability? I know you've Castle Road always like that, but from for clubs' point of view as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I see my own club, Douglas. Now the the, the, the the lads are very fair with the the, the girls when the tr- for the training with the pitches and all that. But there could be a lot more in in general. You know, like and you know, I, th- I think you see there. Like David is after coming to us now, and he sees like what he's with Wexford and Waterford, and he like he's blown away. With, with, with what the, the players are here like there's probably a slight difference like the, there's no difference in the physicality and so they, they deserve a break like you know just to just to get to get game over the line a bit like you know with our new sponsors on board now as well like you know this this like that wouldn't be heard of like this is a huge thing for Cockmore and fair play to everyone who, who who's involved in getting it over the line you know so we just we just need to go to the next level with the Camogie well, congratulations on the win for everybody in the big red bench and we'll see if we can Kenny game thank you very much sir thanks a million yeah, Machitumi there speaking after their win today at Parky Cueve. That's it. That's all we have time for. Rory will be along tomorrow. He'll have reaction from Cork versus Galway at Parky Cueve. And as I said, a big one next weekend. Uh, we'll be at Parky Cueve ourselves on Saturday. Uh, Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.